morning, everyone. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Oyal, the senior pastor, and I, too, want to say thank you so much for coming out to New Hanover United Methodist Church and for worship. You got to witness the baptisms today. We gave of our singing and our offerings and tithes, and here we are this very moment to receive the word. If you like taking notes inside your programs, there's a blank space on the right-hand side. If you uh, there's some pens on your on chairs, you can uh, feel free to do so. Uh, this week is our final week of our current sermon series that is titled Thanks Living, Living a Life of Gratefulness. I want to give you a little recap because this is the final week. The first week I shared how about we are able to, uh, should be saying thank you because in Jesus, when he called his disciples friends, we can also um, be receiving those same words that Jesus can call us friends. The second week was a Veterans Day weekend where we honored our military veterans. And Pastor Rob Petro uh, spoke about uh, a service and being thankful to serve God, our church, our community, and something much more bigger than what we are. The third week was uh, prayers and, and thanksgiving about worship. And Pastor Jake Marshall was able to be here last week and he shared how important it is for us to have an act of worship and appreciation for all that God has given us. And as I mentioned today, we just finalized this series as just being thankful. Before we go into today's scripture reference, I want you to use your imagination a moment. Let's say, you know, that this world, can you imagine if this world, how it would be if people didn't say the words, thank you? What would that do to you? Would it change the way you live? Would it change the way that you approach things? So join with me a moment here. A, a picture that you're going to a store, whatever store that you frequent, and it's not that you're, as you're approaching it, it is not the automatic doors that open it, but it's actually the ones that you have to manually open. So as you pre, uh, you're approaching it, you grab the handle, and as soon as you're opening up, you realize that someone is going to be coming out or someone is behind you going to be coming in. So you grab that handle, you step aside, and the person either exits or, or enters, and there are no words shared. What do you do? Do you say, uh, do you roll your eyes? Do you say something that they'll catch their attention or hopefully snap out of it? Be like, Ugh. or, or do you say something, uh, you're welcome? Or you don't say anything at all because their reaction or lack of does not define how you are and what you do in life. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to please uh, stand in reverence to the God's Word. I'm going to be reading from the Gospel book of Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now I'll be reading from the NLT version, you know, the translation. So if you have your own Bibles, it may be a little different. But I pray you follow along. Verse 11 says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! 
He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Now Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Let me pause for a word of prayer. God, as we come at this very moment, with our, our minds open, our hearts open to receive of your word, let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I name today's message, A Grateful Heart Gives Glory to God. A Grateful Heart Gives Glory to God. In this story, Jesus is approached by ten men with leprosy. And just in case you don't know what leprosy does, uh, let me sh uh, give you and share some information. According to the Center for Disease Control, the symptoms to this disease mainly affect the skin, the nerves, and mucous membrane. Uh, this disease can cause skin symptoms such as, you know, this, discolored patches of skin, it says uh, a thick or, or a stiff or dry skin, painless ulcers on the soles of the feet, painless swelling or lumps on the face or earlobes. Since this disease affects the nerves, the loss of feeling and sensation can occur. Once this loss of sensation occurs, injuries such as burns may occur. Before you, may feel, um, before, you may not feel the pain that even warn you of the harm of your body. The individual would need to take extra precautions. The affected, uh, uh, the affected areas of your parts that they may not be injured. If left un untreated, the signs of advanced leprosy can include paralysis and crippling of the hands and feet. The shortening of toes and of fingers due to reabsorption. The blindness and loss of eyebrows and eyelashes and the nose disfigurement. Entire limbs can fall off. The overwhelming smell, the stench and the rotting and decaying flesh overcoming our own sense of smell. It is absurdly, assuredly the most horrible disease. We have nearly an impossible task to fathom what it was like 2,000 years ago when the medicines that we have now were not, th were not there. And if you think that was bad enough, ladies and gentlemen, the emotional damage that the person with leprosy had to endure had to be devastating. They were removed from their families. They were removed from their communities. They could not make no contact whatsoever with his children, grandchildren, the, the nephews and nieces, and the list can go on and on. They had to be immediately removed. His wife, think about this, his wife would not be allowed to kiss him goodbye. He would not allow it for fear that she too would be afflicted. Can you imagine? Oh, the pain that would come physically and uh, emotionally to those who had leprosy. And after uh, being removed from their normal surroundings, the leper knew it would no longer be the same. No one wanted to be around them or be affiliated with them. They were outcast. 
Now for some, finding other lepers was a sense of a relief because even in the midst of pain, whether it was uh, uh, physically or emotionally, at least they knew they had someone to talk to and that they were not alone. You see, uh, uh, lepers tended to roam together, looking for food, begging for assistance from a great distance, learning to yell out loud together, making sure that people were not coming close, whoever was coming close, they'd say, unclean, unclean. In other words, of course, stay away. Or they will yell out together to see if people can bring them food, and that way, as soon as they leave, they'll be able to approach the meal. Knowing this information is no wonder why we see in this scripture that they were desperate and they were crying out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I often think about people who pray in desperateness, those with illnesses, those looking for work, those who struggle in the way of thinking. Now, can you recall a time when you were desperate, considered or felt that you were outcast? There may be times in our lives when we feel that we are spiritual lepers. In our desperateness, like these ten men, our response should be to cry out to Jesus. And we hear how Jesus responds to them and their desperate pleas. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. You see, Jesus was keeping the Old Testament ritual for those seeking ceremonial purification from the skin disease that's found in Leviticus chapter 14, if you want to take notes. The local priests had duties other than leading worship on Sabbath. He was also something of a health official. If a person was miraculously healed of leprosy, it was up to the priest to inspect the body to test for a complete removal of the disease and to announce the person healed. Can you imagine what these men, these 10 men were going through and what they were thinking? They looked down at their bodies, the hands of one man are still mangled. Another man looks at his his leg and sees filthy rag in the bottom of his knee. Another man looks at his skin and finds it as repulsive as ever. They're probably thinking, what does the priest have to do with it? Or even question, did they believe in Jesus' healing power? They were desperate. They They could have gone back to where they came from without any signs of changes. Have you been or know someone and this, that felt in the same way? Desperate calling out, but you know what? Might as well, if, if this is my last chance, I'm so desperate, I'm going to try anything so that way my life can change and be brought back to normal. But here, Jesus instructed them, go to the priest. And as they were going, the Bible says, they were healed. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, with all the, the, no longer the stench, no longer feeling that pain in their body, 
Now, all of a sudden, while they were going, as Jesus directed them, they were going to the priest, and on their way there, they were cleansed. That they no longer, as they went together, they no longer were saying unclean and unclean to the people. But I can only imagine them, as soon as they saw that their skin was back to order, that they were able to have sensation in their toes and in their fingers, that they're able to say, we are healed, we are healed, we are healed. You imagine how the sound of the, of the towns and all of a sudden saying, what are these people, these individuals saying? I can only imagine. The Bible doesn't say clearly that they went to go see the priest, but the Bible does say that they were on their way there. All but one came back. All but one. And so what did they respond to the one that came back? What did he do? He was able to go to Jesus and his response to his thankfulness, recognizing that he had been healed, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and said, praise God, because he knew what Jesus had done for him. In the midst of all that, can you imagine what the, the, this man felt? His reaction, to his recognition to being healed was to go and to praise God. It was the act of worship. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible says, Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says for everything. Our response to our leprous and sinful heart and being healed and forgiven and cleansed should be that of humility and thanksgiving. Notice that this foreigner did not only thank Jesus, he praised God in a loud voice. His grateful heart gave glory to God. What form of worship comes out of you as a form of thanksgiving? What, uh, what, was, what has Jesus done for you that you are especially thankful for? Similar to the one times when you hold the door for an individual and you don't know if you're going to say something, here, when Jesus acts of generosity, when he healed those individuals, he did say something. He said, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? The man's response to the healing of being born again was to fall to the ground at Jesus' feet. I usually wonder if it hurts God when the blessings are poured out on us and we don't even take the time, simple moment, to just say thank you. I would venture to say that yes, yes, it hurts God. However, it doesn't change who God is. When we fall short of God's glory, God remains the same. He remains steadfast. And as the man is on the ground worshiping, Jesus tells him to stand up. Go, your faith has healed you. Now, if we read it right, this individual received two healings. The first one was the spiritual healing of leprosy, and then the second one was this spiritual healing. 
And in our lives today, we know that we live in this physical body, the, God, the body that God gave us, we gave us, we should take care of it, but we also know that there are illnesses and diseases and other things that happen in our lives today. And therefore, I encourage you, and I also let you know that out of the two, I would say the most important one, and I know we want physical healing. We know we, I know that not everybody experiences that physical healing when they're asking for it, but everyone has an opportunity to be spiritually healed. What would happen with the other nine? Those who live this life do so in this physical body. But some of you even know of loved ones who have lost the fight to the dreaded disease of cancer. It hurts and it causes us to remain with questions as to why God would allow this to happen. With this example in the scripture, with the healings that took place, we may not experience again that physical healing. That comes to the act of worship, act of thanksgiving. I've heard it said before that the only, uh, 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 I'd say, the only uh, part that we have in life that is guaranteed is death. But those who believe in Christ shall not die, but have everlasting life, life eternal. This is what I believe Jesus was telling the man to stand up, to go, to live life once again, to be born again. So we should be grateful that Jesus hears us. We should be grateful that Jesus directs us. We should be grateful that Jesus heals us. Are you like one of the nine? Have you received a blessing and neglected to say thank you to God? Have you ever let your physical body interfere with your spiritual worship? Have you let your physical body avoid your spiritual living? And what can we learn from the one that returned, ladies and gentlemen? Well, he saw it. He cried out. He asked. He was healed. He recognized. He returned. He worshiped. He was blessed. He was grateful. And he started to live again. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what God wants all of us to do, to live again. Be thankful. Let us pray. Loving and most gracious God, we come before your presence and thanking you for another day of life. As we gather here, Lord, we know that sometimes that we just go about day after day with the busyness of life. And sermons like this reminds us that sometimes that we have focused on the things that we don't have and forget about the things we do have. Family, friends, church, our life. God, we ask for forgiveness for the times that you have blessed us and we have neglected to even say a simple thank you. We ask for forgiveness and in asking for forgiveness, we receive the cleansing power, your healing power in our spiritual lives. Let us live each day, another, every day that you give us to live, another day of opportunity to do your will. We know we fall short of your glory, but we're so thankful that we heard today also is that you remain the same. You are eager to receive us in relationship with you. 
You're eager to hear the words, thank you. So we say that, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for me, who rose for our sake. And here we are together, worshiping you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week, spend some valuable time with family and friends and be thankful. And as simple, just for, um, from us to you, have a happy Thanksgiving. If you are in need of prayer uh, today after the worship service, our lay pastors and Stephen ministers will be up front to pray with you and for you. But as you head out, if you don't need any prayers up front, but as you head out, may you, as a forgiven people, head out these doors, go into the community, be thankful, shout out, and be praising to God for the blessings he has poured upon your lives. Until we see each other again, may his love, peace, and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. And God's people will all say, amen, amen. Please stand for the closing song.